Do you go by Nate Boots or should yeah. I call you by your actual name? Either or is fine. Le Boutelier or I've, I've just been kind of doing music stuff, Nate Boots, and it's natural because my that's been my nickname my whole life. And my All right, dad's we'll, nickname we'll, and we'll call you Boots. Hey everybody, welcome back to Freepcast. My name is Rob Murray, I'm your host. Freepcast is brought to you by the Free Press Media and is recorded at the KMSU studios on the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato. Today we have a, a great, great guest. Uh, we convinced Mr. Nate LeBoutillier to come in to uh, talk to us. You may know him better by his uh, nickname or the kind of the name he goes by in town, which is Nate Boots. Um, he's all over the place. These days, playing gigs all over town, North Mankato and Mankato. Uh, you've probably seen them um, around at some point. Nate and I get into, um, we talk about making music with his kids. We talk about making um, Mankato, North Mankato, this area, sort of his adoptive hometown. Uh, but but most importantly, um, we get to hear Nate play some music, and he's played three just beautiful songs for us today for this episode of Freepcast. Really grateful to Nate for doing that. It was really a really a joy and a treat to be able to be be the guy sitting here um listening to him play these songs. They they are they are really beautiful. Um so let's uh let's get right to it. Uh hope you enjoy this episode with Nate Boots. Ladies and gentlemen, Freepcast is proud to present Mr. Nate Boots. This one's called Frederick Manfred. Prolificest in thousand lakes And tall as a stalk of corn Flinty as a red rock ridge Rolling like blue mounds Jagged as a palisade Relentless as a wave Electric as a lightning strike Curious as a cave Clear and bright As a star wild Oh, Frederick Manfred, what do you make of us, this upright dust? Oh, Frederick Manfred, where may fame and fortune next appear? Oh, Frederick Manfred, when will I fall into love again? And Frederick Manfred, why? Oh, Frederick Manfred, why? Searching like a red-tailed hawk But stubborn as a mule 
surly as a grizzly bear protecting her young brood fertile as a bumper crop earthy as a soil thunderous as a bison herd stampeding turf on spoil or stream consciousness or dream slimbold far flung ice age stone oh Frederick Manfred what do you make of us disappraise us oh Frederick Manfred where May fame and fortune next appear Frederick Manfred when Will I fall into love again And Frederick Manfred why Oh Frederick Manfred why As lissom as tall prairie grass Awaiting in the wind Enduring as a well-worn story Told time and time again That was beautiful. Thank you. And that's a new song. That's a new one. That one's fresh out of the hopper. So tell me about that song. Well, uh, Frederick Manfred, the uh, the Midwest author, is uh, sort of a uh, hero of mine, I guess. Heroes maybe saying a little too much. I feel like heroes are just made to fall all the time. But mm-hmm. but um, I've read a lot of his stories, and he's about the closest thing I have, other than maybe Bill Holm, to somebody who came from the area that I I grew up in, which is down on the uh, prairie in Southwest Minnesota. Wow, that was really nice, though. Thank you very much. And that's a new song. Uh, yeah. is, this, is this a debut? So, yeah, so it's the speak? first time I've played in public. Or wow, this is, is, it will be public once this broadcast. Okay. That is fantastic. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much for that. Um, so, your name is Nate Boots. Yeah. Your actual name is Nate the Boot to the A. Yep. Yep. Uh, and you are. Uh, Mankato-based or North Mankato-based musician. Yeah. A lot of folks might have seen you around town playing as Nate Boots or playing as the Porch Lights yep. Uh, yep. or any any number of other uh, bands you fronted. Right. Um, so folks probably know who you are. Um, right. But it, the, the, the first thing I want to ask you about is something I thought was very, um, very interesting. You did a, you called it a winter week of Weezer. Mm-hmm. You performed a series of Weezer covers, including uh, Perfect Situation, The yeah. World Has Turned and Left Me Here. Island in the Sun, uh, among others. So why why Weezer? Well, Weezer uh, is my favorite band of all time, and I don't. That's a good I reason. <laughs> I don't know why uh, uh, else other than that I, I did it. But um, I've been listening to them since they came out, and um, people have asked me before why I like Weezer so much, um, and and that's even hard to say. It's just a, it's a, the sound 
combined with uh, I love those crunchy guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Rivers Cuomo's voice and his 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 lyrics. Or I used to love his lyrics maybe more than <laughs> than I do now. He seems to be kind of writing about the same thing after all these years a little bit. But he, he's also a cerebral guy. Guy. Yeah. He? Mm-hmm. He'll 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 take it to a depth that maybe you don't expect, mm-hmm. or or you think that he's fooling around, then all of a sudden it'll be serious or or, or deeper than than you might expect. And uh, I, I like that. I like. I remember that hearing him on Fresh Air. I don't yeah. know, fifteen years ago, and just yeah. thinking, just th- this guy is like next level smart. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's yeah, he's really well, he's funny. a Harvard grad too. Um, oh, I didn't know that's, that. That's interesting um, that you say that because uh, he, after the second album, the Pinkerton one, which got trashed by a lot of reviewers, including like Rolling Stone. Um, he was going to give it up, and so he decided to kind of quit music and went to Harvard. And got an English degree, I think. Was gonna do. Was gonna get in. Try to get into their music, some music studies, but he couldn't get into that. But he, he got into Harvard as a English English student, graduated, and then came back and played some more music. And, and credits going back to school with kind of elongating his career and and giving him a second wind. So wow. I appreciate that too. That's great. Yeah. Which has some parallels with your life too. Uh, yeah. Because you're a writer, which, yeah, we'll, which, which I, we'll get to I'm, later. I'm more learned than I sound like or look like. <laughs> so why why these Weezer songs? Uh, another good question. Um, I made a I made a short list of about twenty that I know how to play or could play fairly easily, um, but some too I played with my kids and and uh, we've just been playing some of these songs in the house ever since you know well. I've been playing them before they were around, but but the one that I play with Violet, um, Perfect Situation, um, I remember, that's a special song for Violet and I. I used to play it in the bathroom when she's taking a bath, mm. and she would start singing along, and that's some of the first times I really ever remember her harmonizing, and she was doing it at, you know, age two. And wow. so, so that was a fun song. And, and on that video that we do, uh, that I put up on YouTube, um, she'd never, we'd never played it together where she was playing the piano, but there was a piano there, and we were fooling around, and she just hopped on, and she kind of had that part because she knows the song. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first time she'd ever played the piano part on that on that recording we did. So, so what's been the reaction to these videos from your fans and friends? It's funny because uh, Weezer fans are a, a special group too. Uh, they tend <laughs> to like pay a certain kind of attention to to different things. Sometimes it's it's cute or or cool. Sometimes it's annoying too. I think, but um. I had I had a, a a video up maybe a couple of years ago that was just a, some Weezer song from back in the day that I just I just I knew it so I covered it and I I put it up and you know people I run into every day wouldn't necessarily find it but then people from I don't know where would message me about it and there's like this far-reaching mm. Weezer network and um, I thought I like to look at. I'm kind of in that what network too. And so I, one of my favorite Weezer covers is by this Scottish guy who sings a couple of. He did like a, a half week of Weezer, and I love some of his renditions of Weezer songs. And so I thought I'd just put mine up there for anybody who wants to listen to to my version of it too. What was the Weezer the actual? Covered by Weezer that got so much. So they just did. A, they just did a two albums in 2019, I believe. They did the black album. Now they do the different colors. You know, mm-hmm. the blue and the green and the red. And um, so they did a black album of original stuff, and then they did like a covers album. So they did Africa, Africa, um, <laughs> and and a few more. Um, I'm trying to think. 
they're all escaping me now. But but Africa was a polarizing one. Yeah. What, what was your take on that? <clears throat> I like it just because I like their style of music. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that it was kind of a, a cheesy choice in some ways for them. Or the song is the song. You know, you could you could go into that, and you know whether it's right for the. Is it Toto that did it? Yeah. Uh, whether it's right or wrong for them to sing a song called Africa or what that means exactly. But um, I mean, we're all human. and um, uh, It's catchy as hell. It's catchy. It's, 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 a, it's a very tuneful song. I was at uh, – my, my kids are in the uh, Wisconsin marching band, and mm. they were all just gathering one day, mm-hmm. and they had done a performance before the football game, and there was some music playing, and Africa came on, and everybody in the band – these are all young people yep. – knew every word of that song. Yep. I think that says something for just how catchy and yeah. um, permanent. And to bring back song a song, I mean, you see that, you know, some of these songs get recycled, you know, over the years too. Um, one that I cover if I'm playing out and about and I want to play a cover song that I know people will start singing with is I Think We're Alone Now because it oh, had yeah. like a first run, you know, <laughs> back in what, the 60s and then yep. Tiffany brought it back in the late 80s or so. And then you'll hear it every once in a while now. But it's a great song, too. You know, it's a, it's catchy. There's some good lyrics. Um, so um, I, I love cover songs, actually. And, and that's one thing that I, I don't get too uh, philosophical about covering songs. If I'm playing out and about, some people think, oh, well, I'm playing all originals and I'm going to be the real deal. And mm-hmm. um, I feel like anybody, you know, if they give a thoughtful interpretation of a good song, if it's a good song, that'll come through and then you put your spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite uh, lists of Weezer covers is something I found like 10 years ago. They did all these Christmas songs, um, Silent Night and um, Oh Holy Night, kind of like some of the church songs, and We Wish You a Merry Christmas. And I, 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 ca- I, I downloaded them, and I play them every year with these other Christmas songs. And I play, I play the disc like twice per season, and my kids just love it. I love it. And then you put it away for another year. Yeah. But. Speaking of your kids, I did yeah. want to ask you about um, specifically the collaborations that you've done with them yeah. that people can see on, on your YouTube channel or on your Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, how did this get started? You, you did mention that um, you would be singing in the in, in, in the bath or mm-hmm. whatever, and uh, Violet would just kind of pick up um, on the harmony. But mm-hmm. um, tell me how w- – w- were you, like, very intentional about getting your kids involved in music, though? I mean, was it – that sounds like it may have been an, mm-hmm. an organic discovery you made, but were you also intentional about making sure they were exposed to different music or giving them lessons? I know when you're really young, there's not a lot of lessons to be had, right. but as a parent mm-hmm. who is a musician, you probably mm-hmm. could teach them some things. Did you do that? Well, I would say when they were born, I I, did, I wouldn't have even called myself a musician. Right now, it seems like it, it takes a while to kind of think of yourself as that. But I've always been interested in music. We always listened to music in the car, sang along, um, and actually have a pretty musical family. Um, all four of my grandparents were very good singers, and my, my grandmother on my, my father's side was actually a you know, church organist and piano teacher for years. Um, but I didn't, I didn't pick any of that up when I was a kid, and I, I think I regretted that. Um, for a long time, like I didn't, I didn't pick up the guitar until I was 19 or 20 years old. I was in college, and I remember I asked, I asked my my dad in fifth grade, uh, "Can I play the trumpet?" You know, band teacher asked if we were interested in the, and I said, "How about the trumpet?" And he said, "Ah, you'll be too busy with basketball." And he, 
he was a basketball coach, so he's you know he's he had that going. I don't necessarily you know I'm not like upset with him because um, if I really wanted to, I could have I could have you know badgered him into it. He would have let me do it easily, um, but I just never did, and I, I do regret not not getting some of that when I was a kid. So I've always tried to have at least instruments out. Um, for my kids, even instruments I don't know how to play. I have a I have a squeeze box in my house. I have a, a drum kit I've had there for about 15 years. Um, guitars, you know, a trumpet, <laughs> um, all kinds of stuff. And so it's been interesting to to see what you know. I put them out. So so if they want to mess around with them, I'm not you know uh, hunching over them. Say practice mm-hmm. now. Get get on your piano or or whatever. Uh, but it's been fun to watch them sort of just naturally gravitate, and then it's natural too that you know they know that I play some songs I'm always playing in the house these days, and so if they want to jump in, they're they're welcome. And it's it's been fun to watch them go from just kind of fooling around and kind of like oh you're making a noise that sounds kind of musical to <laughs> to now they're good. Like all three of them are good, um, especially my my daughter Violet, who's who's the oldest, uh, 13 years old, but she. She um she was interested in guitar maybe when she was nine or ten and would kind of fool around and I'd show her some chord shapes, um but then when she she took up violin when she went to junior high Dakota Meadows, um then she was like oh I see the connection between the violin strings and the guitar strings and then even the piano and it's like she took off on all three instruments at once once she started learning violin and um you know I have no idea how to play violin but I love the sound of a violin and just to see her getting good, uh, it, it makes me happy. It makes her happy. It's something we can do together. Was that one of the instruments you had laying around? That was not, but I did have a, a fiddler laying around in my life. Uh, uh, okay. Lehigh, Lehigh Gertz was played with the porch lights for years, mm-hmm. and she's become a good friend, great friend. And um, she, you know, she got violet. Uh, she she gave us access to a violin that. I mean, it's 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 nicer than my guitar, mm-hmm. which is you know I think pretty nice, but but her it's more expensive than my guitar, and so she's playing this really nice violin, and you know, I'm thankful to to Lehigh for that. So if uh, listeners want to check out Violet on the violin yeah. with the rest of the family, they can look at the the uh, Weezer cover you did for Island in the Sun. Yeah, that which was I her just first watched before we came in here, and she that was her first performance. Um, anything recorded with her with her violin? She's she's getting so good. You got to give credit too to the you know the teachers um, up at Dakota Meadows too. You know, you just. Any teachers, you know. I Any think. middle school teacher needs a raise today. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. And music teachers especially, too. I mean, that's that's just something that, you know, I didn't start out playing a lot of music in my life, but I always liked it. Or, you know, I'd go to church and I'd hear the different parts and was just kind of in wonder hearing that and mm-hmm. taking it in. But to, to play music out now, too, I feel like music just, uh, you know, transports people to a different place, a better place usually. Um, and I like that. So did you, um, were any of your kids kind of dragged into it or did they all kind of naturally come to it happily (laughs) join in with dad? He wants to get us all in a YouTube video. Was that, were they all happy to do it or were any of them? Most of the time I've got two extroverts and one introvert. So it's extrovert, then introvert, then extrovert. And my introvert, Archie, um, um, doesn't always want to do it. And so he doesn't, but I see him kind of doing it on his own, mm-hmm. and he's really talented too. Like he'll he'll sit there and listen to Gordy, who's the youngest, 
you know, plunk around on the piano. And then when everybody leaves the room, I might hear him doing the same exact thing or like improving it. Mm-hmm. And he's got an ear for it um, that that you can't teach, I don't think. Uh, so when I make a recording, you know, he's interested in, in, in that stuff and how the, re- you know, how the recordings go, you know, and I'll be playing a song and then he'll sit there and listen with me and he'll find the instruments and have like, he'll feel like he can advise me too. Like, Hey, you know, what if you did a little different shaker beat there? Or, or, or I don't like that part. Or he'll say that doesn't sound good. You know, that's cringy. Or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So I listen to him cause he's actually got a good, he's got a good ear and, um, He's sort of a, his thing is, is drawing and all he does is, is draw, uh, in his downtime. Um, so he, he's kind of a little artist and he's, he's thinking about that all the time. That's interesting. Um, do you ever find yourself, um, like really paying attention to their taste Mm -hmm. and seeing if you would like anything that they would like? Mm Mm-hmm. Because my, my daughter was a lot earlier than I thought she would be when she started like liking her own stuff. And then yeah. I would start paying attention. And she would be opening up my eyes to do things that I wouldn't have thought to like. Um, so it's fun that they can be a, kind of a seed um, for liking and opening up your mind to new, to new things. Absolutely. Um, um, my kids and I just have always been really close. Um, I don't know why this is either, but, um, you know, why, why do people do the things they do? You know, why are you interested in what you're interested in and and why do you have to keep doing it? And what does it satisfy? Um, one thing that just feels very natural to me and I don't know why I'm so interested, but I I love being a father and I always have, um, you know, I, I would, you know, I was married at one time and, you know, before my three kids came along, um, my ex had three kids from a, from a previous marriage and, you know, they lived with me for a number of years, and I just, I always really enjoyed them, too. Um, I was the oldest of six kids myself, so maybe that ties into it. I had five younger siblings, um, but I've always just sort of been thinking about what I would do if I was a father. Even when I was a kid, I remember thinking that, like, oh, you know, m- my my buddy's dad just did that. You know, I don't know if I'd have done that, or, or, or maybe I'd have done that in a different way. Not necessarily being like so critical, like I'm, you know, making a checklist in my mind of everybody who's done wrong. But uh, I love to pay attention to that, and I just I think it's really important. And and people who spend all their time, you know, working or or doing their own thing and don't tie the passions together with their kids. You, you can do some of that when, you know, they're a certain age and, mm-hmm. and love you uh, even more than, you know, they go through their stages. Um, but, you know, if you if you can find some things to do that, that they love too, then you got to do those. And, and so my kids and I are close. And if, the, if, if Archie doesn't want to play along with us sometime, he can go in the other room and draw or do whatever mm-hmm. he wants. That's fine too. But, but he does like to do it in his own way. And and he's uh, he's a really good harmonica player too. So, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun instrument. And he's going into fifth grade. That's or, a tough one to have them to listen through though while they're trying to yeah, master it. Yeah, right? yeah. You <laughs> wish you could have a, a plug to plug that in and a mute on it or something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, that's funny. But so he'll go into sixth grade next year. So it's a big discussion in our house right now. You know what you what are you going to do next year, Archie? What are you going to what are you going to take up? You can take up any instrument, and I feel like he could pick any one of. So, ten. for you, is it not a matter of if band, but which instrument? I just think that he he likes music enough that we're not even asking that question. Like he, he'll mm-hmm. want to do something like that. Um, he's been to 
all the concerts with me to see Violet the last few years. Um, so it's something he likes. I think he likes to do. So it's it's like this is a good thing. This is a good hobby to have. I think for life, you know. And I played uh, I played basketball growing up a lot and had a great time with basketball. I love the game of basketball. Um, but it's a young man's game. And <laughs> now that I'm in my forties, uh, I you know I, I don't play pickup anymore just because. I'm afraid I'm going to blow up my knee or, you know, my Achilles tendon will pop and that'll, you know, that'll be it. But it's, I'm relegated to shooting a horse in the backyard. That's about it. But, but music is for life. And I feel like that's one thing that you can do your whole life. Mm -hmm. So I I like that as a hobby. Uh, Well, since you mentioned um, you grew up the oldest of six kids, you said, Mm -hmm. let's find out where, where Nate Boots is from. Mm -hmm. And you said you're, I think we were uh, speaking earlier before we started recording. Uh, you're from Minneapolis. I was born in Minneapolis to very young parents. My my uh, my parents were 19 <clears throat> and 20 years old only, um, so I was something of a love child, I believe. Uh, <laughs> perhaps to Diana Ross. Uh, but um, we moved we moved soon to uh, Southwest Minnesota, where my dad was a school teacher. Um, he's taught elementary school his entire life. He's actually just finishing up this year. He's going to retire. Um, but he was also a, a coach, um, so he'd coach basketball or track and field or you know whatever sport at whatever time. And my mom was always at home raising the, the increasingly large family. Um, but we would move around a lot. Um, so you know, I I started school in Laverne, Minnesota, which is where Frederick Manfred uh, lived at one time in his life. Um, Tracy, Minnesota, Storden was the town I grew up in the most. That's where my my mom's family was, and and so her dad um, was a farmer, and um, <laughs> that was funny watching you. You went <laughs> to eye level, then you went down. My chair just. Rob's collapsed. adjusting his Sorry. chair. It's <laughs> funny, um, but we got a we got a family farm. It's been the uh, family for over a hundred years, and and so that's an interesting side of my life too. And and that's where it was near Storden, Minnesota, uh, that I grew up for the most part. But I've been in Mankato now for almost or about 20 years, so this is actually the longest I've ever lived anywhere, North Mankato. Did you play high school basketball? I did. I did. I played uh, played hoops in high school, and my dad was my coach um, for, for part of my um, career in high school. And then when I was a senior, actually, I had to transfer schools because two towns were combining, and I ended up going to a different school. That's how it works down there. All those right. towns are dwindling and they they team up with other towns so I actually went to a neighboring town of Westbrook to finish my high school Um, and we were with Walnut Grove of uh, Little House on the Prairie fame so my my high school uh, diploma says Westbrook Walnut Grove on it and then and uh, um, I had a really good coach there Steve Chernis um, who was a great guy and that was a fun year for my dad and I because he, instead of being hard on me and coaching me up all the time, he got to kind of watch it and enjoy enjoy basketball. And then I actually went and played in college too, so I, I played all the way through college. Oh, yeah. Where'd you go to college for basketball? Well, I went all over the place, just like my childhood. But I, I started at Augustana. That was probably the first time I spent more than uh, you know five minutes driving through Mankato. I, I went to I was sitting on the bench at Auto Arena against the Mavs. When I was a freshman, but then I started. I dropped out of school for a while, um, transferred around. I went to Minnesota West Community and Tech College, mm-hmm. and then uh, got a scholarship after that first two years, and ended up at University of Sioux Falls. And then I—that's where I finished my my college. 
playing hoops. So in high school, which Breakfast Club character would you be? <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like it might be a hybrid coming. I would like to say the the jock, but the jock. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't because I I always was very conscious of not being the jock. I would be friendly with non jock kids, mm-hmm. and I also I didn't like when teachers would treat jocks like jocks, which happened to me a lot actually. Not so much in high school because I was from such a small place that everybody already knew who I was sort of and. You wouldn't walk into anybody's classroom and, you know, they know who you are. They know your parents. Mm-hmm. But when I was in college and, and, and a, a teacher would, would know I was on the basketball team, I would often uh, <clears throat> get called out for writing an essay and they'd think I was plagiarizing it or something like that. And I'd say, no, you know, come on. Just because <laughs> I'm on the hoops team doesn't mean that I, I can't write or think or be original, you know, intellectually. So. Hmm. Um, okay, so. How many songs do you have prepared to play for us today? I could play I could play limitless songs, but let's, um, let's hear one right now. What are we gonna right. hear? Let's go to uh, let's go to Young Together. We're kind of talking about youth and, and being young. Um, this is one of the first songs that I when when I wrote it, I, I thought I could play this out. You know, I tried to write songs for a long time, um, but just never thought they were really any good. Um, but I wrote this one at the Anderson Center in Red Wing. Um, and I found a couple lines from uh, this book in that house um, that A.P. Anderson, who is the owner of the house, wrote. It's in a poem that he wrote. And I can't remember if the name of the poem was Young Together, but Young Together was in the lines or the title somewhere. Um, and my, my good friend in town, Nick Healy, always likes this sign. He'll, okay. he'll call for this one. So this one's for you, Nick Healy. We knew love would last forever And never end just like a river Empties out into the sea Our love floats so sweetly And I trusted you completely then it ended all so suddenly Emptied out into the sea Moving on across the prairie Moving on beneath the sky It's been so long now since you loved me Still wondering why Moving on By and by Moving on 
in the heart A fire is burning In my mind Puzzles turn In my bones There are hums a yearning Whether right Or wrong of me Moving on Across the prairie Moving on beneath the sky It's been so long now since you loved me Moving on, still wondering why Moving on, by and by Moving on, across that prairie Moving on beneath the sky It's been so long, oh, oh now since you loved me Moving on, still wondering why Moving on, by and by Another beautiful song. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for doing these, by the way. Yeah, you great. bet. My pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me and, you know, listen to some of these uh, freep casts. It was, it was very enjoyable uh, hearing, hearing some people that I've talked to before say some stuff that I didn't know mm-hmm. um, and hearing, hearing the stories and, and things, uh, people like uh, Fuzzy. I was listening to the one with Fuzzy, what he had to say. Um, I've heard a lot about him. I think I've met him once or twice, but... Um, uh, give you props for doing that kind of thing. I well, think thank you. that's uh, that's integral to a to a lively uh, kind of art scene and entertainment scene. So thank you. Well, you're very welcome. It's been a lot of fun doing this. Yeah. Um, well, you're good at it too, and and not everybody can oh. be conversational <laughs> and you know just make good choices. So thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Um, so we were. Uh, I wanted. It, it it seems like you got into the musician game later than most people. Mm-hmm. You were saying it was you were in college when you started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About when Weezer released that that blue album. That's about when I was like, uh, I picked up a guitar for the first time, really, and thought that I could do something with it. So are, are they why you picked up that guitar? No, no, they're not. Um, it was a long time before I could even try to play a Weezer song. I. I had a couple of friends at that time too. Rob Sure was one that I lived with. Uh, also spells his name with two B's, like you, but um, still good friends. And he, I, I lived in a house with him um, and some other guys. And he had a guitar in the house. And every once in a while, I'd go and grab that out of his room and just started messing around. And you know, if you can get okay quick enough, then you can start to play it and have fun doing that sort of thing. So. Um, that's sort of where it started, you know. Maybe there'd be a party and end of the night, you know, I'd play American Pie or something. But <laughs> <laughs> a do nice you, long. Do you, song. Do, you, do you still do that at a party? <laughs> uh, play American yeah, Pie? Not American <laughs> Pie. I don't, who can remember all those lyrics? Uh, but yeah, every once in a while, I, I would do that too. Then when I came to Mankato about 20 years ago, I came here for graduate school, and I was in my mid to late 20s, and and then I'd, I'd start. I'd start bringing it out more in earnest then, like, you know, just what people are sitting on a couch or hanging out at somebody's house. But then I actually, um, 
the first time I started playing out in front of, you know, like into a microphone in front of people was um, at McGough's Irish Pub. Um, mm-hmm. And they had the, uh, the open mic. And I was just in there one time. I was actually in there one time. And it was like New Year's Eve. And the entertainment was this, um, they're going to have a hypnotist. And he came down from the cities. He was, and he was, he was a jerk. Uh, nobody trusted him. And when it came, he told like three off-color jokes. And then when it came time for him to ask for volunteers, nobody wanted to be hypnotized. So he basically told everybody to kiss off and then left. And then the owner was like, what are we going to do? You know, we got all these people. And then, and then, um, you know, I think like, I don't know, I had some friends around, um, uh, my ex-wife too was like, "Go, just go get your guitar, plug it in. Let's, let's just at least have some background music or something." Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the first times. And then that led to hosting the open mic uh, at McGoff's for three or four years back in like the the early aughts or mid aughts, two thousand five, six maybe. And uh, that was actually really good because I got to I got to meet a lot of Mankato area musicians or whoever was you know happening through town. Every once in a while, I'd sit in with somebody. It's a good way to kind of like, you know, yeah. get your chops a little mm-hmm. bit, playing and singing or watching too. I was always watching, you know, how people would play covers or their their own songs, and I, and I've always been interested in the writing element of it too. So. But you got your starts, uh, I guess, doing open mics and mm-hmm. as just yourself solo. What was your first mm-hmm. band that you put together? Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, a band right at the end of grad school called Amin 10 Pounds. It was a bowling <laughs> reference. Um, one of our friends said, uh, somebody asked him if he was a bowler, he bowled, and he said, I can throw Amin 10 Pounds. <laughs> and so uh, we were Amin 10 Pounds. We played exactly one gig at the What's Up Lounge. Um, I, I wasn't. I was I was like the bad rhythm guitar player. I barely, they just, you know, I was just having fun mm-hmm. standing up there with an electric guitar. Um, but the other guys in the band were pretty good musicians. They're all way better than me. Um, but they would they would write the songs and sing. And so that was fun too, just practicing in the basement somewhere. Um, you know, I want to say fifth, if it was like North Fifth Street in Mankato. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was the alternate name. We were going to be the North Fifth Street All-Stars, but then we were... I mean, ten pounds instead. And then, and then, okay, so that one lasted one gig. <laughs> yep, one gig, one gig, and then everybody graduated <coughs> and moved away except for me. Um, but then I, I played with a guy named Derek Tellier for a while in kind of a two-man band. Um, Tenacious D was just doing some stuff, and he was kind of more of a comedian, so he had a couple songs like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't really a singer, more of a chanter or a, a yeller. So that was some interesting music. Um, what were you called? We were called the Boot Dog Band because okay. I was Boots and he was Husky Dog was his his nickname. So just mash him up, Boot Dog. Okay. And then uh, there was a break for a while, the McGoffs years, and then uh, the Porchlight started up in like 2013, and and then that kind of became a a thing for four, five, five years. I yeah. think it's I think it's when I met you because you guys yeah. had an album come out and yep. you guys came down to the free press yep. and we talked about the album and 2016 that was. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, love those guys too, uh, Travis Friedrichs and Jason Miller, and then um, we had a, uh, a singer for a while, and then uh, Lehigh Gertz played mm-hmm. the uh, the fiddle too. So we had some fun, you know. Just just I love meeting people and connecting with people, and so just to see some of the just go to these some of these smaller towns in the area. I've never wanted to go to Minneapolis necessarily to prove myself there, or, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that. Um, I don't care about that. Uh, uh, 
ever since I decided that I was going to try to enjoy Mankato, I've just been trying to enjoy Mankato. What do you mean by that? Um, I'm sorry if I'm so star- storyful. I mean, I no, that's why we're here, man. Well, when I was in grad school, um, right away, um, well, before I even came here, I applied to four different places, uh, like Montana, Washington, Florida, um, Kansas. I want to say I got in at like two of them, but I got I got the thing at Mankato, and I and I got like the the stipend with teaching a class. So I was like, I can't pass this up. So mm-hmm. I was kind of bummed to stay in Minnesota, but I was like, all right, whatever, it's a good deal. I'm going to get my grad school paid for. And then it turned out to be such a great program. With and you great came here to, to, for the MFA came, program. Came here for the MFA program, fiction writing. <clears throat> yep. And, um, you know, Roger Sheffer, Rick Robbins, Terry Davis, those three guys in particular were great. But then there was a lot of just great teachers in the lit department, too. I mean, I took some lit classes. Uh, Terry Flaherty taught me one of the best classes I ever had in my life. Donna Casella was great for years. Anne O'Meara. Um, but, uh, yeah, that that's... That's what brought me here, I guess. I don't know where where was I going with that. I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, I don't know. Well, you were going you were going to tell a story about liking or trying to learn to like it here. That's right. Okay. So, one of my uh, fellow students, she had a boyfriend, and she kind of drug him here. They were going to do her grad school first. And then he was going to do what they wanted to do next. It was kind of like a partner deal. And I started hanging out with him, and we were like, oh, man, Cato kind of sucks. It's cold. You know, once it gets to be winter, then it's like, oh, man, this, what are we going to do here for three years? Oh, it's going to be a bummer. Um, and that's kind of what we had in common. So we would get together and talk about that. But then that soon became toxic and just sort of repetitive. And so I remember one winter's night, I was just like, man uh, – I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> I kind of turned on him and I was like, "This, we got to quit this. Like, We're not going to be friends anymore. This is just going to be terrible for three years. And I was like, I, I'm, we're gonna, I'm going to pretend like I like this place and you're going to too. And we're just going to like go the opposite way because it was getting so vitriolic that like, it's just bad. So we went the opposite way and that kind of got to be our joke. Like we'd be really giving Mankato props, especially to strangers. And, oh, yeah, this is great. Uh, have you ever been to Blue Bricks? Oh, what a bar. And, <laughs> you know, at first it was sarcastic, but then it kind of became true. And then we actually started doing things like, you know, take a bike ride or just find the find the things that Mankato has to offer, hiking trails, biking, you know, um, whatever. It can be anything, any place you go, any people you meet. And then it ended up where at the end of the three years he was sorry to leave. And I ended up staying here, and I was sorry to see him go. But I've I've felt like that about Mankato ever since. Like you you can you can have a bad attitude, or you can have a good attitude and find the you know find the thing that this place has to offer or the things. And I feel like Mankato does have a lot to offer, and, and North Mankato. So, do you do you see them as two separate entities? Yeah, I do. Really? I do because I live in Lower North, and I even see you know like Lower North is somewhat separate from Upper North in some ways, not in a bad way necessarily, but it's just a different it's a different place. Um, I love Lower North Mankato. It's a lot like the small towns that I grew up in, so mm-hmm. I feel like some familiarity. I think. Well, that was a, that was one of my questions for yeah. you. Was you you do seem to have a very strong connection to North Mankato? Mm-hmm. Um, you. 
<clears throat> you have a song called Belgrade Avenue Blues. Yeah. That you, that you sing at the Circle Land where the mm-hmm. lyrics are on the wall. Yeah. Inside the bar. Mm-hmm. And um, you're also, you're involved with the Gerlach Cultural mm-hmm. Center. Cultural Center. Mm-hmm. You, you just, you're doing a lot of things that would make one think that you really like being here and you mm-hmm. want to be here and you just have a, you seem to have a strong connection. Can you talk about that for a little bit? Sure. Well, um, you know, it can be it can be tough sometimes too to I've had trouble in this town finding gainful employment that fits you know what I was trained for as far as um, you know having having a, a master's degree in fiction and teaching and all that stuff just because those those university jobs are hard to get I've taught as an adjunct for a long time now at MSU but a lot of of fellow students who are in grad school with me you know go to the cities because there's you know ten times the amount of places to teach and things like that. A lot of people drive, make that commute. I've never wanted to make that commute, uh, especially since I had a family. Like, I, I, I don't want to waste any time in the car away from them. I want to be there for as much of that as possible. And so it's really a, a bloom where you planted sort of thing. And um, I don't know. I, I just... I. I've gotten to know so many of the people uh, in North Mankato. I, I, I just really enjoy fostering those relationships. Um, Jenny Bobholtz, the new owner of the Circle, is one of my favorite people in Lower North, and just to see what she's so she has that same sort of mentality where like we're just gonna this is our spot, and we're gonna make this as good as it it can be. I love that. I love when people do that. To me, that's the way to to live this life. You know, um, be where you're at. Hmm. That goes back to my favorite book, too, or one of my favorite books, uh, Henderson, the Rain King by uh, Saul Bellow. And there's this whole thing about being versus becoming in that book that really appealed to me. And I just I believe that if you can be rather than always be becoming, you're just going to be more present. You're going to get a fuller realization of life as it comes and in the moment. Not that you don't want to look to the future or, or even look back in the past to, to, you know, have those memories or connections, but there's there's nothing like being, and a person whose being is aware. I, I love people that are aware and, and just soaking in the moment. That's great. Um, Philosophy lessons by, by <laughs> me. <laughs> The boots way. I just got done teaching uh, this <laughs> this morning too, so maybe I'm in lecture mode or something. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned to you the Gerlach Cultural Center, and if mm-hmm. people don't know what that is, it hasn't been really publicized mm-hmm. yet that much. There's nothing really going on there yet, as far as I can tell. But you are involved in some mm-hmm. way. The last I heard, you were doing some historical research about the place mm-hmm. and kind of contributing in that way? Yep. Well, so I live a half a block away from the place, and I've been... You know, and this is on Belgrade Avenue. It's right on Belgrade Avenue. Belgrade and yep. the cross street would be... Um, Center. Center Street. Yep. So it's across the street from that restaurant yep. that can never seem to make it. Yes. Make a go of it. Yep. Um, and it used to be the city this city. It used hall? to be the first uh, city municipal building. So yeah. police, library, fire department... Um, and now it's been, chambers. it's been purchased by um, some friends of yours, and, mm-hmm. they, and they've brought you in to kind of do the the, the research. Yep, yep. And we had a, um, a, a open house this last summer in July uh, in coordination with North Mankato's uh, Fun Days celebration and some of that stuff. They've been they've been um, you know give credit to to Mark Dean, the mayor, and and some of the city council. They've been they've been trying to dig up some of the city. 
um, history and and put that together. So they put some new plaques up, and you can find some of that stuff. It's interesting too with North Mankato uh, where the history lies. Um, you know, it's part of Nicollet County, so actually St. Peter is the you know where all the official documents are. But since we're right across the river from Mankato, which is the seat of Blue Earth County, you know, they, the, St. Peter just assumes that Mankato has all the North Mankato info. <laughs> and it's like, I, I'm trying to dig some of that North Mankato history up. It was like kind of going to your dad and he, he tells you to go talk to your mom and yeah. go to your mom and tell you to go talk to dad. Um, so <clears throat> I would, I would love to see that building uh, sort of do what it used to do, which is, you know, host the community, uh, serve a purpose. It's just sort of been lying fallow for uh, 50, 60 years. So and tell us what exactly is in there. I mean, I did. I, I mm-hmm. got a tour of that place. Yeah. Um, our our friend Adam gave me a tour of that mm-hmm. place. Yeah. It's got like a gym, gymnasium a, on yeah. the second floor that yep. looks like it would be a fantastic yeah. spot for it's live like, music. Yeah, it's like a, an old Hoosiers gym with like the, the, you know, small basketball court wood floor in there and the three-sided balcony. If you've ever been to the Capitol Room in St. Peter, it's very similar yes. layout to that. <clears throat> Um, and would be a great auditorium for, for music, I think, first and foremost, um, which I'm interested in, obviously, because mm-hmm. um, I think there's sort of a dearth of places to play here in Mankato, too. Um, but also, you know, a lot of arts-type stuff, cultural stuff, uh, gatherings. I think what it, what it used to do was hold people for gatherings, and um, I think it could do that again, and so I'm hoping that it, that it will. Um, there's there's some possible changes seems like always happening there but we're we're staying tuned to what's happening there and and uh, keep your eye on it because i think so something just, will happen again just so we're clear i mean are, mm-hmm. are are you one of the people who will be deciding what happens with with the Gerlach cultural center i've been in discussions with some of the the people who who are the owners and stuff like uh-huh. that i don't own the building or anything like that so so that's kind of uh what's in question right now and what directions do you want to go or do you want to go nonprofit or profit do you want to do things like that um so those decisions have to get made and um i, I realize i just made a weak construction sentence decisions <laughs> have to get made but that's because i'm not sure exactly who will make the, the decisions so as of right now nothing has been decided about what this place will be not necessarily, or or, or we we're still um, throwing ideas out there. The open house was to sort of uh, take the temperature of the public and see what they want in there. So that was interesting to okay. to get a lot of uh, feedback, input, and and um, I'll just say that it seems like people are interested in making something happen there. I think the the community's behind it, and um, you know, as we've been saying, I I love North Mankato, and so. I feel like this could be a really cool place for North Mankato. Yeah, when you go into that uh, second floor gymnasium, yeah. it's just it, there's a wow factor, isn't there? You really you just yeah. think, oh my god, the potential mm-hmm. in this room is, is just mm-hmm. staggering. Yeah. And some of the videos that you recorded yeah. were actually in that room, which yeah. I, thought, I thought was interesting, and which I, I I also thought that maybe meant that something was happening with it, and but maybe it's kind of not. That was done almost. Some of those were done like a year and a half ago, when when I. J- first kind of got interested and was talking with the, mm-hmm. the owners um, and and more to see just what things would sound like in there. Um, so that How was interesting. Sound? Really good, I think. Okay. Um, there would have to be some work done just with fitting the place for sound a little more. Um, it was quite echoey in there, but okay. once you fill it up with people, that's different too. You okay. know, it's a, but um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, how old are you? 44. Okay. Um, do you have a day job per se? I mean, do you, what do you do for a living when you're I, not making music? I'm scrapping it together right now. Um, uh, big time. Um, and it's a real, it's a real hustle. Uh, it can, it can be, uh, some lean times lately. Uh, but I'm, I'm teaching at MSU, um, part time. So that's, that's been one thing that I've been doing. Um, I'm also doing some, some writing, um, some children's book writing, which I've done in the past. Um, I worked for Capstone for a number of years and worked as a children's book editor, and I'm, I love that whole business. Um, I'm writing other stuff. I'm doing music. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of a lot of different things, a lot of different things. So, all right. But 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 I come here to the campus of uh, MSU, you know, twice a week, most of the time, and um, that's sort of that's sort of what my calling card is. If I gave you a business card, which mm-hmm. I don't have, <laughs> are you still writing? Do you do any of your own mm-hmm. writing? Just like your own like fiction writing? Yeah, always, always. Um, I've got about I've always got way too many things going at once. Um, but eventually, I hope to to finish a couple. I'm I'm close on a, a middle grade novel I've been working on for about three four years, um, called When the Boots Bros Rode the Pony Express, and it's going to be a, a historical novel about three young brothers who decide that they want to ride be pony express riders so i've done a lot of research my kids and i went to saint joseph missouri to do some research a couple summers ago and i'm just i've always been kind of fascinated with that i love the wild west and western stories um but then i've got a an adult novel i call an adult novel um that's called anticosti and i'm about halfway through that and that's um based on a a true family story um, that uh, came about when uh, a ship was sailing to uh, in the St. Lawrence Seaway, and my great-great-grandfather and great-great-grandmother and great-grandfather were aboard it, and it wrecked, and my double-great-grandfather put my great-grandfather in an oilskin tablecloth and swam him to shore to this island with with his wife on his back too and then went back for another passenger and they were shipwrecked on this island for I don't know how long I've I've heard the stories from my grandpa who heard it from his dad who was the baby in this situation and so I've always been so fascinated with that story and I've I've since looked up stuff about Anacostia I've never visited the place it's hard to get to but um that fascination has led to me fictionalizing what would it be like to be shipwrecked on this island you know it's kind of like a classical literature situation yeah. almost you know sounds fascinating so, yeah yeah it's been fun to write and um it, it's taken me a long time to get what i have just a, it's a different sort of writing but it's something i'm you know i'm, I'm invested in um, well, i have a question for you yeah. about, about what your writing process yeah you you've talked about two different writing projects and my, my, my question is they they sound like very very different mm-hmm. headspace mm-hmm. um like when i'm when i'm writing a longer more mm-hmm. in-depth piece i have to be I, that's what i do that day yep you know and i get in that i get in that 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 mode that zone and that's what i have to do how do you work on two different projects like this simultaneously i mean do you have to give yourself a few weeks to do one then take a break and go to the other one can you do both on, on the same day is that are you that I kind can of do writer? both on the same day and i don't know why that is rob uh um when i was a kid and we were we were doing the book it where you read you know a bunch yep. of books and you get like a free pizza um i would be reading four books at once i remember having two on my chest and one in my hands and like one on the floor 
and I remember I'd read each one for like 10 minutes and I go to the next one. So I don't know why. I do brain... that too, but I can't write that ah, way. Okay. Well, to me, it's very similar. Just you get into a, a different story, you get into a different mode. Uh, to me, it, and it's not like I have finished these either. You know, I've been working on <laughs> right. Anacosti for about four years mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm about half done in my mind and I'm, I'm closer to being done on the, the middle grade story, but I've been at that for like at least three years. At some point, do you want to just like stop what you're doing for a while and just plow through to the end? Do you ever get in yeah. that mm-hmm. mindset? Mm-hmm. But it's hard to do when you're writing long or that sort of long, yeah. which is why I've really enjoyed writing some songs because that's something I, if I have a spark of an idea, I, I don't often get like an entire song in one sitting, but I'll get like a line or two. When I get enough lines together and then the tune or the tune and then the lines, it's not always one before the other. I can usually sit down and get, the song will come together in that one sitting. And so that's that's what I do if I want to finish something. I, <laughs> I write a song. And, you, you know, maybe that's why I did that, just because it is hard to write long stuff. Um, it, it takes a lot of, you know, endurance to write long stuff. But I just figure... I'm taking my time with it, and that's been my that's been my sort of mode with with both of these. Is if you don't feel like writing on that one, then don't do it because you don't want to. You don't want if you write when you want to write, it's going to come out more electric. It's going to yeah. come out how you want it. Yep. I well, think. speaking of songs, yeah, let's hear one more song from Mr. Nate Boots. You got it. What are you going to play for us? This is a uh, this is one called uh, I Know You. And I, it, it could be a writing song. Um, okay. I, I came up with it after my, uh, one of my, my bandmates in my new band called Nate Boots and the High Horses. We've been playing around. Uh, ben Scruggs uh, was saying to one of our other bandmates, Michelle Roche, who plays drums slash piano in this, in this High Horses band, um, why, don't you write, why don't you write us a song, Michelle? Because she's a good songwriter too. Um, and she said, I don't have time. You know, and he said, come on, it only takes three minutes to write a song. And then I started laughing because I said, yeah, it takes five minutes to play it, but only three minutes to write it, right? <laughs> and so that line appears in this song. Okay. Yeah. I should say, too, like I was also, at the time I was working on a, a song that was taking way too long and it just wasn't coming together, I mean, you know, months. And I thought, I need to finish one. And so this song came together very quickly, almost as like an antidote to, to taking too long. This is one of the fastest, fastest that's ever come from it. Well, I wrote this song for you, fixed it up real nice. Took about five minutes to play, but it only took three to write. I guess I did it to prove a point, I guess I did it in part to show. That some things in life ain't so difficult if you just stick to what you know. And I know you, I know you, even better than you. Yeah, I know you, yeah, I know you, even better than you.
can lead a horse to water, but you can't insist to drink. You can come up with an idea, but you can't make people think. Maybe there's an element here of being tired of told what to do. Maybe I'm just a know-it-all, talking the mess till my face is blue. I know you, I know you, even better than you, than you probably do. Yeah, I know you, I know you, even better than you, than you probably do. What you do when you're in the shadow, what you do when you're in the rain, what you do when you're embarrassed. What you do when you're in pain What you do when you're in a fight What you do when you're exposed What you do when you wake in the midst of the night And you're lying in your bed alone I know you yeah, I know you Even better than you yeah, I know you yeah, I know you Even better than you than your pop would do yeah, I know you I know you I know I know you, I know you, I know you. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah. And now we all know you. You know me. You know me. If you don't, you just have to re-listen <laughs> to the podcast. Hey, we're done here. Um, thanks for coming in. Yeah, This time has been a really, really good, good time. Good to get to know you. Thanks better. again for having me. Cheers. All right, you guys, that was Nate Boots. Uh, check him out. When's your next gig? Uh, Friday at the Circle Inn, the 28th. Is that Friday? Friday or Saturday? 28th, Circle Inn. So this this uh, this upcoming 28th. Yeah, and then next week, um, be at the uh, Mankato Brewery and also the Wine Cafe, too. So uh, you can just check out Nate Boots on Facebook, and you'll find all that stuff. All righty. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you.